Half a day, everybody. And uh, welcome to One with Grief. I'm Kate Baltazar Dodge. And uh, I'm super happy to be back, uh, ready and roaring to go in 2022. Thanks for uh, tuning into this podcast. Uh, thanks to KYM for uh, for hosting and uh, and giving me the extreme privilege of being a part of uh, the KYM um, podcast network. The KYM podcast network has uh, really given. Uh, Others who may not know uh, where to find information, especially local information about grief and grief recovery, uh, a place to to call home. And so for that, uh, I'm super, super thankful. Again, you know, this is a this is about the grief recovery method. And um, if you want to know more about that, I highly encourage you uh, to reach out to me. I can um, I you can email me at kate at katebaltazar.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook under uh, KB Grief Recovery if you want to know more, or you can message me there. Um, I'm pretty accessible, and uh, I usually get to messages almost instantly uh, if, uh, if, um, uh, if you need to. Um, if you need uh, help with that. So, you know, we're, I'm dusting off the cobwebs, um, as you can probably hear, um, after uh, a few weeks of, uh, of the holidays. And like many, um, I don't know, do you do New Year's resolutions? I used to, but um, I really feel like flipping the calendar isn't necessarily... Um, indicative of any um, failure to do things last year or success in the new year. I feel like all of us are all a work in progress and that, you know, we're all trying to do the best we can in all the ways that we can. I know um, many people do do resolutions and it really does help for them. Um, and, you know, it's the new year, so we make all sorts of resolutions, right? Like, we're going to lose weight, we're going to do better at work, uh, we want to be better parents, uh, but rarely do we make resolutions about grief or our emotional health. And in this podcast episode, and likely in the next one, I want to take a little bit of time to kind of walk you through um, these uh, these resolutions, these emotional resolutions about grief, you know. And when I say resolution, again, it's not something that has to be completed in this year or, um, you know, resolutions that weren't completed from last year um, indicate failure. These are ongoing things and reminders to yourself that we're all a work in progress in many ways, physically, emotionally, professionally, um, in our relationships with the people around us, um, as coworkers, and even our relationship with ourselves, the most important relationship of all. And so uh, when we talk about these, um, and I'm going to do the number thing and number them, uh, so you can kind of keep track. Um, just be gentle and know that if this isn't something you're doing or if you were doing the opposite of this, 
uh, before and you feel like, wow, I really should have been doing that better. Um, that's okay. That's okay. It's completely okay. And it's why we're here. Um, and it's why um, it's just my life's work now to make sure that we are all more aware and um, and have these tools and we have this information, right? We got to normalize it. We got to normalize talking about feelings, talking about emotions, grief, um, and joy can sit together at the same table. I think I've, I've said that a lot. And, um, and it's something that we hold true. One of our tenets, uh, in the grief recovery, um, method is that grief and joy can sit together. All right. Well, without further ado, um, we're going to talk about, uh, these resolutions about grief. Okay. And it's not in countdown form. This is kind of just, um, as I, as I see them and as we've, we've talked about them over the years and have covered them over the years. So here we go. The first one, I resolve to not put a time frame on my grief because time does nothing to heal my pain. I'm going to say that again. I resolve not to put a time frame on my grief because time does nothing to heal my pain. We hear this a lot, um, you know, and it's one of the myths of grief is that time heals all wounds. And time in and of itself does not heal wounds at all, emotional or physical or otherwise. It's what you do in the time that passes. The time will pass anyway, but that doesn't mean that healing is happening, right? It doesn't mean that just because time is passing, that your heart's feeling better, that your your emotions are better. It doesn't mean any of that. Um, and putting a time frame on it, you know, I think culturally we're like, oh, well, you know, within this year, I have to grieve. I have to grieve for a year. And then after that, I shouldn't be grieving anymore. I should be done with it. Um, or even 10 years. They're like, gosh, she lost her husband 10 years ago. Is she still on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's no timeline on grief. So that's kind of one of those things um, we need to keep in mind is be gentle with yourself and do not put a time frame on your grief. Um, we talked about this a lot, as you guys know, um, with uh, uh, our our uh, advanced grief recovery specialist and trainer, Darlene Garcia. Uh, we have had these talks before, and these are kind of these tenets uh, that the grief um, the grief uh, recovery specialist in Guam uh, try to communicate in this time of year. So uh, don't put a time frame on your grief. Time in and of itself does nothing. It does nothing to heal your pain. It's what you do in that time. It's the action steps that you take. Um, it's, it's the um, empowerment that you are able uh, to feel um, when you're not feeling the pressure of, of people around you or even from yourself um, to feel grief. So grief is on your own timeline. And uh, be gentle. Just be absolutely gentle with yourself. Um, the next one, I resolve to tell their stories, the happy and the sad. 
and their stories will live on through me. This is especially important for those who have lost loved ones. And as we know, in this time of COVID-19, especially in the very early months, uh, when people were passing away, they often passed away by themselves, alone, um, or maybe with a medical uh, staff or something, um, a medical professional. But family members weren't allowed to be there with them uh, in their final minutes and final final hours, final minutes in their last breath. Um, and even if they didn't pass away from COVID, it was still that way. There were these protocols in place that um, didn't allow for, for um, family members to be there, uh, which is very uncharacteristic and unusual um, in our culture, right? In, uh, in Guam especially. So a lot of times family members who have lost uh, loved ones really feel like they haven't grieved. And one of the ways to alleviate that is to tell their stories, the happy stories and the sad stories. Um, they will live on through your stories. So if you can, if it doesn't, you know, absolutely devastate you to do so, if it brings you joy, absolutely speak about them because they're not physically here on this earth, but they're forever and ever in your heart and in the hearts of everyone they knew. So resolve to tell their stories, resolve to share the stories that they shared with you. Um, and they will live on, they will absolutely live on. And that in and of itself is something that can be very therapeutic, very very therapeutic is to know that just because they're physically not here doesn't mean that you can't ever speak about them or remember them. Um, if something happens that um, prompts a memory, um, it could be food, it could be a song, it could be a being in a place, um, honor that space and feel that that grief knowing that they're not here, they're not there with you to share that moment with you anymore, but also honor the joy. If that joy comes, honor it as well and tell their stories. What were they like? Um, what are the things they didn't like? What did they always say? Did they have um, peculiar ways that they made grilled cheese or fixed their coffee or little superstitions about them when they drive around in a car? You know, um, you know, I have a friend um, who is still living, but that is one of the things I told her uh, one day, if you uh, pass away before me, um, I'm going to tell this story about the, these funny little things that you do in your car. And um, she laughed. She absolutely just laughed. She goes, yeah, make sure. Make sure you tell that story about me. And uh, I said, yeah, because you do all these sorts of funky things, like not funky things, but of course, um, you know, just little things that in her heart and mind make her comfortable in her in her car ride. But they they're so funny. And every time I would get in the car with her, I'd laugh because I would know here she comes, you know, with her funny things. When I think about, you know, my grandparents who have gone on, I, we often talk about the things that they say, you know, Um and the way that my grandpa eats pandasal and coffee. And he had this funny little sarcastic sense of humor, you know. Um, and so f there, there are a lot of fond memories 
then it also reminds me of things that maybe I didn't share with my dad. And, um, and I would say, you know, dad, I remember when grandpa, you know, when I was little, this is, I had this moment with grandpa and I was able to share it with him. So tell their stories, tell their stories. Absolutely. So the third one is I resolve to cry when I need to laugh when I can and never apologize for either. Never apologize for either. Cry when you need to, laugh when you can, and never apologize for either. So all of these human emotions are meant to be felt. And crying doesn't mean you've taken a step back. And laughing doesn't mean you've forgotten about your loved ones or about your grief. Expressing them both means that you are human. You're allowed to feel all these emotions. Um, if you feel the tears are overwhelming, um, you know, that's okay. Let them flow because we are human beings and we can't be, we can no longer accept that these feelings in some way, shape, or form are not allowed. So if you feel like crying, just cry. If you want to laugh, laugh. And know that your loved one would want you to do that. I think most of all, um, for those of us who have had loved ones who have passed away, uh, especially those who, you know, we call it the long goodbye, right? Um, those who, for example, um, and I'm just talking about this now because we're dealing with this uh, in my family, is um, as, for example, Alzheimer's or another form of dementia, you know. Um, you cry when you need to, you laugh when you can, don't apologize for any of these feelings, you know, um, when your loved one, um, when your loved one was alive, I'm sure that's all they wanted was for you to be able to experience joy. And so, uh, without being too presumptive, you know, I think I can say that, if what you are feeling is joy and you want to laugh about a memory or laugh about something you're watching on TV, go ahead. It doesn't mean you've forgotten. It doesn't mean you've forgotten them. It doesn't mean that you're not mourning. It just means that in that moment, that is the emotion you're feeling. And crying, crying is a natural reaction. And isn't grief a normal and natural reaction to loss? So if you feel like crying, don't beat yourself up about it, that you're not being strong enough or that you're, you're weak or, or you know, you, you're not being emotionally steadfast. That's not it at all. Um, crying and feeling these emotions is absolutely normal. It's absolutely normal. So feel those feelings, all of them, all the things. The next one is, um, I resolve to understand that others will not understand my pain and it isn't fair to expect them to. Okay. Again, I resolve to understand that others will not or may not understand my pain and it isn't fair to expect them to. 
Um, grief is unique to each of us. Even when you're grieving the same person, how you will grieve will not be exactly the same. And expecting someone to understand what you're feeling will only lead to disappointment. Um, the best thing to do is communicate what you need. Communicate what you need from them. Um, for example, uh, I have a brother and sister client who lost their dad. And one of them was grieving in probably a very normal, natural way that you would think they're, they're well, what's normal and natural, right? It's normal and natural to that unique individual. So the sister was very, very emotional and um, very sensitive, very, you know, short, fused and anxious. And the brother was, of course, just appearing to be strong, even though um, obviously in our in our sessions, um, he too would also, you know, break down and cry and express how much uh, he loved his dad and will love him always and will miss him. Um, and it kind of bothered, they, both of them were a little bit, they kind of expressed like, I wish my brother, you know, especially the sister was like, I wish my brother just didn't act like everything was okay all the time, you know? Um, and, you know, I had to explain to her that that is his way that he grieves and you grieve a different way and it's not right or wrong. There's no right or wrong way. So you just need to understand that that's the way he's grieving and his sessions are private. How he chooses to express his emotions are for him and you being a little bit more public with your emotions are how you choose to express your grief over the loss of your dad. So we need to give each other grace um, in, in these times and just understand that they're not going to understand your depth of pain. Um, and really it's not fair because they're, they're experiencing the same event, but they're not you and you're not them. So experience and feel the feelings that you feel and give the others the grace, uh, communicate to them what you need. And just say, I don't want you, if I'm crying, don't hand me a tissue, don't pat my back, don't hug me. I'm not ready for that. I just want you to be there. I just want you to listen. Um, and I think that communication goes a really long way. Um, if we can just normalize communication, what we need from each other, um, it, it would just exponentially improve um, our relationships with one another, because if you don't really communicate what you need, they're not going to be able, they don't, they're not mind readers, you know? So of course they're well-intentioned, they'll misinformed and they'll try to give you suggestions like, why don't you go out with your friends? Why don't you uh, read a book? Or maybe you should go on vacation or maybe you should take time off from work, you know? Um, and they'll try to make all these, you know, suggestions. Um, when really all you need is just another person, another person's heart to hear you. So understand that they will understand your pain and it's okay. And not don't expect them to know exactly how you feel. Um, but in turn, communicate, communicate your needs. You know, please just sit there. Please just listen to me and be there for me. Please just hold my hand. I don't want you to hug me. Um, and, and state that clearly, 
that way, you know, everybody is clear on what you need to get through um, this grief event. And um, so this is one that is very difficult. And uh, I'm going to close this podcast episode um, with this one because this is a, a doozy. I resolve to recognize that asking for help from those that love me is actually a gift I give them. So this is kind of related to the previous one that we talked about in communicating your needs. Those who love us, the the people we're surrounded with, our loved ones, they want to make it better. They want us to feel better. They want us to be better. It's hard for them to see us suffering and in pain. Um, But asking for help is also helping them, isn't it? Um, Grieving people tend to isolate. And one of the biggest myths of grief is to grieve alone. Um, I think I can tell you previously um, when I was having uh, premature births in my 20s and um, the advice of someone very, very close to me was, you know, don't show everyone how how, um, distraught you are. Just go to the room and cry and then fix your face and come out. And that absolutely signaled to me that grief is uncomfortable and we don't know how to deal with it. So deal with it on your own and come out when you're, you're not going to make us uncomfortable with this grief, you know? Um, but also asking for help, um, asking for help is also a gift we give them, whether it be your spouse, your children, the people around you, your siblings. Um, that is something that is okay. Um, even when we're not told to isolate, sometimes we just self-isolate. It's what we do. Um, we don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. We don't want to seem weak or otherwise, you know, unstable or otherwise not put together. You know, we, we always try to make it like, I'm okay. I'm strong. I can, I got this. Um, but when you don't, you have to be able to be okay asking for help. Okay. Most of your loved ones want to be there for you. Uh, They just don't know how, or they feel like you're, you know, maybe you just want to be left alone. Um, And if you, that's okay if you do, but if you don't want to be alone, let them be there for you. Communicate your needs to them. Let them help you through this, you know? And um, that's just something that um, we're not always good at. We always try to, we always try to do it on our own, and um, uh, that is something for another um, another uh, a podcast episode. But um, it's called toxic independence, and um, it's born out of the the belief that you know was ingrained in us, usually as children, um, to be self sufficient and to not rely on others. Um, that is definitely something that um, a lot of us experience culturally, you know, like don't, you know, don't bother other people with your problems, you know, solve your own problems yourself. You know, you're an adult. 
um, you got yourself into this, get yourself out of it, you know? And those are things that we teach our kids, like don't bring shame to the family. Don't be reaching out, you know, because we're not weak. We don't need this help. Um, I've heard this a lot from clients. And um, what it has done is it has forced people who are in a state of grief. Because remember, when you're grieving, your heart's hurting and your head's not working right. Um, so maybe your decision making is a little bit off. Um and the things that, you know, are normal and natural to you are no longer normal and natural because you don't know how to deal with your grief. And so now we have a legion of people who are just self-isolating and figuring out it, things out themselves because that's what they were taught. People were taught that, you know, not to burden anybody with your feelings. No one needs to hear your problems. Everyone's got their own problems. Um, it would be wonderful if we resolved to recognize that asking for help, A, is okay, and B, it's also a good way to communicate in the time of grief uh, with your loved ones because they just want to help, but they just don't know how. You know, we do all sorts of cultural things uh, when we lose someone or when somebody is in distress, right, or grief. Like we bring food over and we go over and, you know, uh, help with things or we call, we text or, you know. Um, but anything beyond that, um, we're afraid. We don't, we don't want to encroach on anybody else's emotional, you know, landmass. We feel like I don't want to take up any real estate with you. Um, but resolve to do that. Ask for help. Um, ask for help from your loved ones. Even if it seems silly, like, can you just make me a plate of food? Like, that's okay. You know, can you make me a plate of food and bring it to me? Can you please get me a glass of water? Can you just sit with me and hold my hand for just a few minutes? Um, it's all right. It's okay. And if I know your loved ones, like my loved ones, um, they want to help. They just do not know how. They don't want to offend you. They don't want to, um, you know, impose upon you. So being able to communicate your needs when you're grieving, super important. All right. So the recap. The recap is... Uh, Resolve not to put a time frame on your grief because time does nothing to heal your pain. Tell their stories, the happy and the sad of your loved ones that you've lost. They will live on through those stories. Resolve to cry when you need to, laugh when you can, and never apologize for either. Grief and joy can sit together. Resolve to understand that others will not fully understand your pain. That's okay. It isn't fair to expect them to. You got to communicate. And finally, recognize that asking for help from those that love you is actually a gift you give them. They want to help. They want to see you through this grief journey. They just don't know how. So communicate those needs. You will feel fulfilled and you will be giving them that gift. Okay. Well, here we are, the first podcast of 2022 of One With Grief in the books. 
Uh, it has been an amazing time. And uh, if you have any questions, again, send me an email, Kate at katebaltazar.com. That's K-A-T-E-B-A-L-T-A-Z-A-R.com. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook under Kate Baltazar KB Grief Recovery. If you have any questions, you can shoot me and uh, DM there. I'm always happy to help. Um, thank you again so much to uh, KUAM Communications. I'm such uh, it's such a privilege to be a part of the KUAM Podcast Network. In our next podcast, uh, we're going to continue talking about um, these resolutions, and um, and I can't wait. I can't wait to uh, to share more of this with you. Thank you all so much again, Sidus Masi, for joining us, and I uh, wish you all love and light. Absolutely, the most love and light. Until next time, Kate Baltazar Dodge, adios.